Well, I want to welcome you to tonight's podcast. It's January the 31st. Uh, it's raining outside right now. I think they're forecasting one to three inches of snow. Uh, I always enjoyed snow until I had to work in it. It kind of takes the fun out of it. still like getting out and playing in it, but I don't like to work in it. But anyway, uh, tonight I want to talk to you just a few minutes about a good name. A good name name and what what kind of a name do you and i have is it good is it bad what is the status of our name in matthew 5 jesus said you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house let your light So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And one more verse, it's Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. It simply says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation uh, among whom you shine as lights in the world. I was just asking you and myself, what do people think when they hear our name? I mean, wonder what goes through uh, their mind. Uh, In a a way, I guess I'm... uh, You know, you can uh, have a bad reputation... Uh, I mean, just the mention of your name can either make somebody think something good or something bad, and that goes for me too. But to people who know us, when they hear our name, something immediately pops into their mind. Uh, I don't know how many's ever heard uh, people make this statement. I hear a lot of ministers uh, make this statement. Uh, and it's usually when they're first starting out and they don't think. And I also hear a lot of Christians make this statement. And as uh, wise as it sounds, uh, it can be wise, but it can also be very dumb. And here's the statement. I don't care what people think about me. Well, you know, if you're looking for man's approval, although we will get the approval of some people, we'll never get the approval of everyone. But most people who make this statement, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. What they're saying is, I'm going to do my own thing. And they don't realize sometimes doing their own thing is the wrong thing. Uh, Especially if they're a minister or a teacher or hold a position in the church like a a deacon or an elder uh, or a, a musician or a singer in the church. Uh, my brother uh, lives in Florida, and when he first uh, moved down there, he, he lived in an apartment building uh, on Cocoa Beach. He literally, uh, all he had to do to get to the beach was just cross the road, which was Highway A1A. And and as soon as he moved into this apartment, he had this one neighbor that was always rude to him uh, and, the, and his kids, and I don't mean he threw rocks at him or anything like that. He was just always 
kind of rude and smirky to them. Well, my brothers started attending a church in a town, and lo and behold, do you know who is a deacon in that church? That man who was always rude to my brother and his family. And do you see how we can bring a reproach on the name of Christ if we're not careful? So this statement, I don't care about what people say about me. Well, you should. People who say this usually end up doing very little for God, if any, at all for God. Amen? But there was a book written years ago. The name of the book was The Day America Told the Truth. And in that book, it listed the three most distrusted professions in America. Now, are you ready for these three most distrusted professions in America? Number one was a drug dealer. Number two was the mafia. And are you ready for this? Number three most distrusted profession in America, a televangelist. Can you believe that? Uh, a televangelist made the top three of distrusted uh, uh, professions in America. But if you'll read your Bible, uh, the book of Corinthians is a great book to read because you can see how we have a church in Corinth where all the gifts of the Spirit are operating. You have people speaking in tongues, people interpreting, miracles being uh, performed, a gift of the word of wisdom, the gifts of knowledge, or uh, miracles are happening, people are being healed. But in that same church, if you'll read chapter 1, you've got people bickering with one another. See, they, they don't care what people think. They're bickering with one another. In chapter 3, Paul tells the church, he said, you're not spiritual. He said, you're carnal. And in chapter 5, we've got a man committing adultery with his stepmother. Paul says, why, the heathen don't even live like this. And in chapter 6, we have Christians filing lawsuits against each other. Paul said it would have been better to suffer the wrong than to sue a brother or a sister in the church. He said, there is utterly a fault among you. In this same church, he said, you become you come behind in no gift. But you know what their problem was? They were more interested in being charismatic or charisma rather than in their character. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, our name is so important. As Christians, we must project a godly image. Uh, Jesus said we are, speaking to the church, the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. And spiritually speaking, as the body of Christ, we are Christ to that lost and dying world. We are the mouthpiece of Christ. So we need to be careful what we say in public. We need to be careful what we do in public. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10.24 says, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. And what he's simply saying here, just don't look out for yourself. Look out for other people. Don't be selfish. And over in uh, the book of Romans, uh, chapter 14, he said, Let not your good be spoken of as evil. So in other words, something may not... You know, there's certain things in the Bible. The Bible just lists certain things. 
they're right, certain things are right, certain things are wrong. But there are some areas that are gray areas. And those gray areas is what we have to be careful with as Christians. Uh, it's something that's not necessarily right, it's not necessarily wrong, but as a Christian, as a minister, you've got to guard against things like this. Um, you you could bring you could do da- great damage to the cause of Christ by something that you don't think's wrong, getting in front of somebody who does feel like it's something wrong to do, and, and doing that deed, whatever that deed may uh, be. But why is our good name better than riches? Well, let's think about it. If we have a good name, it is a stabilizing factor in our relationships. People know what to expect of us. They know if we give them our word, it's our word. It's as good as gold. We don't have to sign a contract. They know if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. They know if we make them a promise, we're going to keep the promise. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. As Christians, if we tarnish our name, now there's forgiveness. Thank God that God is merciful. I call him the God of 10 quinzillion second chances. God is merciful. And if we uh, repent, he'll forgive us. But the problem is, even though God forgives us, even though the blood of Jesus cleanses us, if we tarnish our name, people aren't quite like God. They have a bad tendency to remember that thing we did. And it may take us years to rebuild our name. I, I think in a previous podcast back in the summer, I said if you get labeled as a gossip, as a Christian, even though you may stop gossiping, you may be labeled as a gossip the rest of your life, even though you stopped. So do you see why we need to guard our name? Uh, So so I'm going to say it again. A good name is a stabilizing factor. Another thing a good name is, it's eternal. It will live on. Have you ever looked at some of the historical figures who have a good name? I mean, there's all kinds uh, that we could name. uh, From some of them being famous... Uh, to some of them just being godly people, we knew, I mean, their name will live on. As you can tell, I'm flipping through my Bible. I want to tell you about a king who, when he died, he didn't have a good name. But we'll get to him in just a moment. But let's look at some of the people who died and left a good name. Martin Luther, uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Finney, uh, Billy Graham, his name, uh, he's more than likely, next to the apostles, uh, he'll be known uh, as the greatest preacher ever. Uh, President James Garfield, uh, who used to live in Prestonsburg, Kentucky, for a very short period of time during the C- Civil War, the only president who was a preacher. A lot of people don't know that he was a preacher. Uh, King David, even though he made some mistakes, he tarnished his name. Uh, people still know him as the sweet songwriter, the psalmist of Israel. Uh, they know David as a man after uh, God's own heart. Now, I know one individual said uh, she, uh, they believe he was evil, but God said David was a man after his own heart. And I think that trumps that person's opinion on King David. Although he made mistakes, 
horrible mistakes. He had a man murdered that he had committed adultery with his wife. But even though God forgave him, he paid dearly for that sin. Uh, what would people say about you or me if we were to die? Would they say they were a good person or a good a, was that was a good man, that was a good woman? But I want to talk to you just very briefly about King Jehoram. You can read about him in Second Chronicles 21. I mean, he was an evil uh, king. And here's what it says about King uh, Jehoram. It says, and after all this, the Lord smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease. And it came to pass that in the process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness. So he died of sore diseases. That means in great agony. And his people made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. And what they would do, like when a king would die, they'd make a great big bonfire. You know, they will light a bunch of us to get together and light candles and uh, have a ceremony of remembrance. But back then they would build a big bonfire. And it said they made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. And what that basically says was, when he died, nobody missed him. Let me ask you something. When we die, will we be missed? Or will people be saying good riddance? Amen. <laughs> but in verse 20 of Second Chronicles 21, it says, 30 and 2 years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem 8 years, which meant he was 30 when he died. And departed without being desired. There it is. He departed. Parted without being desired, nobody missed him. Howbeit they buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulchres of the kings. Even though he was a king, he was so rotten to the core, they wouldn't even give him a royal burial. Now I'm getting ready to close. How do we want to be remembered? That uh they loved God, they was a man or woman of God. Listen, as Christians no higher compliment can be paid to us than for somebody to say, hey, that is a good person. A good name brings favor, loving favor rather than silver or gold. People will love us because of our integrity. They will love us because of our kindness. They will love us because of our mercifulness. We will, they will love us just because nobody else was nice to them but us. Who wants to be loved? Well, let's get real. Everybody. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I don't need any friends? You're right. And those same people, uh, you'll see them another day, nobody likes me. Well, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, you just said you didn't need any friends. Are, are you being a good person? We can live without riches, but to be unloved can be devastating especially when we may be the one who are at fault in this situation. And I'm going to close with this thought. May we as Christians seek to have a good name, to have a good name so as to bring glory to God in heaven above. Our pastor preached this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about the judgment seat and how uh, he just spoke very briefly how, you know, of course, all Christians are saved, 
But many Christians, their works are going to burn up before them at the judgment seat of Christ. They'll be saved, but their works ended up being wood, hay, and stubble. Worthless. A question I want to ask everybody tonight, and no doubt all of us will have some works to get burned up, but how will we do at the judgment seat of Christ? Will we be rewarded or will we suffer loss? And with that, I close. I pray to God that today's message would make every one of us look within ourselves and aspire to change our life where it needs to be changed. Amen.